right, I was joking with Jonathan before the service uh, with all the repaving going on and uh, there's some people trying to get in the door and I think the doors are locked on them so somebody needs to let them in but uh, with all the repaving going on we didn't know how many folks would be able to get up the drive without messing up their cars but uh, they've been working hard yesterday and today and hopefully by the end of the week they'll be complete Uh, but I told him we may have a small crowd tonight and if so uh, I would be like the farmer that drove a truck full of hay out into the field for his cattle, and when two cows showed up, he said, well, I'm still going to feed them. I'm just not going to give them the whole load. So uh, we'll have a good time tonight, and I appreciate y'all being here. And for those who are joining with us online, thank you for sharing with us and being a part of our time. Before we begin, I want to give a couple of updates on prayer requests. Pastor Craig uh, is doing much, much better. He was actually in the office for a few hours this morning before lunch. Uh, and we want to continue to pray. He does plan to be here this Sunday uh, to share with us and to uh, pick back up preaching for us. And uh, we're grateful for that. Uh, one of our admin assistants, Jessica Mayetta, has been in the hospital for about a week and a half now. Uh, and the latest update we got this afternoon is that uh, she is now, uh, they have weaned her down to 40% oxygen. Uh, her oxygen levels are still are up above 90, which is good. Uh, she's eating more and uh, feeling better, uh, but still in the hospital. So we want to continue to be in prayer for Jessica. Bubba Gordy is feeling better and doing uh, a little better, but he's in the hospital as well. Rick Brannon uh, is in the hospital, and we want to continue to pray for him. He'll probably be there till the weekend uh, or beyond. Best Dowling fell several weeks ago at her apartment over at Spring Harbor, broke a shoulder, uh, had a lot of complications, but she developed pneumonia, and so she is in the hospital, and we want to be in prayer for Miss Bess, and we want to continue to pray uh, for Ginger Calhoun as she continues to recover from her kidney transplant. Uh, They are still in Jacksonville, will be there for a couple of more weeks. Uh, They wanted to keep her there to make sure that there were no rejection of the kidney, Charity, I understand, is home and is doing much better, and we are grateful for that. But let's continue uh, to be in prayer for their family. And I know there are several others that we want to remember uh, and lift up. And so uh, let's uh, continue to pray for them. But let's begin tonight uh, with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today for the joy of sharing together in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the promise that in the midst of all of our circumstances, Father, you lift us up, you give us comfort and strength and healing, but we also know, Father, that not only are you our creator and sustainer, but you are our Lord and our God, and we are called to a life of obedience and faithfulness unto you. I pray that you would continue to put your hand of mercy upon these who have been mentioned here tonight. Uh, Along with the Scarboroughs, Kim and Fred, we lift each and every one of them up and ask, Father, that uh, your hand would be upon them in the days to come. And I pray that we as a church family would continue to seek your will and your direction through the teaching of your word, that we would remain faithful to the living word, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and our Lord, and that we would walk with you by faith each day. Father, thank you for our time together tonight as we share together For it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Uh, 
I want to ask you tonight to take your Bibles and turn to the second letter of Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, where I want to read for us verses 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Back prior to uh, the beginning of COVID, uh, over a year and a half ago, uh, or so, we on Wednesday night, several of us, a number of us were involved uh, in a study on heaven. Uh, it was video-driven study uh, directed by David Jeremiah and his ministry and organization, and we had some pretty good discussions and conversations about our understanding of heaven. Uh, I received yesterday uh, a copy uh, a, a website that I, I look at frequently. Uh, has been giving each week a free ebook uh, for reading during the summer of different books of various nature. Uh, and the one that we received this week is entitled Coming Home. And in it, there are eight essays on the new heaven and the new earth. It's published by the Gospel Coalition. It's got uh, articles or essays by D.A. Carson. Uh, Tim Keller, John Piper, and a number of others, uh, Colin Hansen and others. Uh, and it's, I began reading it today uh, in light of uh, my mother's passing last week, questions that my father has been asking uh, about heaven and what it will be like. And uh, in his grief and sadness, he's been asking uh, a question that we hear so many people ask. Um, will, will Helen know me when I get to heaven? And, of course, I believe wholeheartedly that we will know others and we will recognize them and we look forward to being reunited uh, with our family and our loved ones and those who have gone before us. And uh, I'm sure that each of us here tonight have different pictures of heaven. We hear people talk about what heaven will be like, uh, streets of gold, uh, fellowship with our loved ones, the very presence of God. Uh, we hear people talking about the, the presence or the uh, feeling of sheer joy. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures when I uh, share in a funeral service or a memorial service is the passage in Revelation that's, that says there will be no more mourning or crying or pain or, or suffering. And I think about that and I kind of uh, reflect upon that in the sense that there's no more heart disease, no more Alzheimer's disease, no more lung disease. Uh, it will just be... Uh, perfection in the very presence of God. And so tonight, uh, I want us to pursue uh, just a couple of ideas about what the scriptures say about heaven. In uh, the passage that I read uh, a moment ago, verse 13 says, We are looking forward to a new heaven, the home of righteousness. If we could take a walk through heaven, what would we find? I think, first of all, we'd find that it is a place, and it is a real place. Now, I think most of us here 
uh, tonight, and many of those who may be watching online will remember the old classic movie from years ago, uh, The Wizard of Oz. You remember how the story opened and Dorothy and Toto were trying to escape from the uh, clutches of an evil woman or a mean woman there that wanted to take the dog and have him put to death. And so they were uh, trying to get away and the tornado came and transported them to the wonderful, magical, mystical land of Oz. And when the house came down uh, and landed on the yellow brick road uh, and they got out in Munchkin land, Dorothy kind of looked around at all that was there, and then she looked down to her dog and says, Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. And they spend the entire movie trying to go home. And at the end, the uh, phrase that they are to repeat over and over as she clicks her heels is, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. And then at the end of the movie, she wakes up, and it was all a dream. Well, there's a great deal of talk today about heaven being an imaginary place. It's just a place in our dreams. It is a, a, a figment of our imagination. It's just something that, that we Christians, we church folk, uh, have uh, developed or built or an idea that we've conceived to try to make us feel better and to try to make others feel better. But folks, the Bible tells us that heaven is a place and it is real. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, In my Father's house there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, an illustration that I've used based on that passage of Scripture uh, is uh, when we perhaps are hosting uh, a dinner. Maybe it's a birthday uh, dinner for a family member or a friend or someone, or perhaps it's an anniversary celebration or a family Thanksgiving gathering or Christmas gathering or, or some other big occasion where you've got a lot of company coming, and maybe it is all of your extended family is arriving or you've got, you're having a, a party there and, and you've got a lot of guests coming, and for uh, the husband and wife, particularly the wife or the whoever, whichever one uh, is doing most of the cooking, if they're grilling out or doing that, uh, the thought that is constantly on their mind is, do I have anything, everything? What have I left out? What have I overlooked? What have I failed to prepare? And sometimes it can be something pretty serious that you've left out. Sometimes it's something as, as simple as, I forgot to put the rolls in the oven or something of that nature. Uh, how many of us have experienced the, the dreaded experience of someone knocking on our door late on Christmas Eve and giving us a present, and we realize, I didn't buy them anything. And so we say, hold on, I've got your gift in the back. Uh, and we run to the back, and we find something, and we quickly throw it together, wrapping it up. We take it back and say, this is for you or something of that nature. Well, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And I like to think about that phrase, I go to prepare a place for you, in the sense that when Jesus makes the preparations, when God our Father in heaven makes all of the preparations, and Jesus said, I've prepared a place, I will come again. He hasn't overlooked anything. He hasn't left anything out. 
he hasn't failed to uh, take care of, of any particular idea or any particular specific thing that is part of that. Heaven is a real place. Secondly, it's a place of permanence. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that life around us is changing every single day. Several years back, I can remember when, I would, when I, we subscribed to the local newspaper, there was a little section in the paper uh, that would print once a week or every so often about the different areas of road work that would be taking place. And they would let you know if road work was going on on this road, you needed to take a detour around here or things of that nature. Always changing. You look at small babies and small children and your, your own children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren, and uh, particularly if you don't see them on a regular basis, when you do see them again, it's like, boy, how, how much they have changed, how, how all of the, everything about them changes. And, and that's part of the joy of parenting with young children and small children as they grow. Every day is a new day, and you see the change taking place. Companies and businesses are constantly looking for ways uh, to update their ideas, to update their marketing, to update their uh, design or things of that nature, and they're constantly changing. Churches uh, are constantly changing. And we do these things to try to prepare for the future, to live in the present, and we all understand that change is a part of life. We all understand as well that sometimes we like the changes that are being made. Sometimes we don't like the changes that are being made. We look at our culture. We look at our government. We look at every part of life, whether it is secular or part of our faith experience. Change takes place every single day. But the Bible tells us heaven will be characterized by permanence. 1 Corinthians 15 gives us a lengthy passage. Paul is talking about the resurrection life, and he says the mortal will put on immortality, the perishable will become imperishable. We will be changed in order to obtain a sense of permanence. And I like to think about that in the sense that we know that when we are in the very presence of God in heaven, it will be not only the life of joy, the streets of gold, the pictures of heaven, uh, that we have, uh, it will be a, a sense of permanence and everlasting presence of God. We understand uh, all that is taking place there. And then also it is a place where Christ dwells. One of the joys of heaven, uh, and this gets to the point of what my father has been asking, uh, is that uh, will we recognize each other? Will we know what is going on? Uh, when my parents first went to Brookside Glen, when Dad had hurt, it, hurt his back, uh, and we knew that uh, he was not able to care for Mom at home and do the things that he had sought so diligently to do uh, in their relationship together, we took Mom, first of all, for respite care at Columbus Hospice, then we moved her to Brookside Glen, uh, and after a couple of weeks, Dad still was not improving like we would have liked to, uh, and so we started looking at the opportunity or the possibility of dad being at Brookside Glen also. 
mom in the memory care section, dad being in the assisted living section. And you talk about a hallmark moment, if I can use that phrase. Uh, when we got dad moved in, the first thing he said to the, to the nurse that was there with us was, could I see my wife? I'd like to see my wife. And so they went over to the memory care section and got mom, rolled her out into the lobby uh, in her wheelchair. And the nurse that was pushing her said, do you know who that is? Well, mom's vision was declining and she couldn't see as well as she once did. And she said, I, I can't see them yet uh, and I'm not sure. So as they got a little bit closer, she looked at him and she said, that's my precious baby. And uh, dad, his, uh, leading up to that, all he had said was, I don't know what I'll do if she doesn't recognize me. I don't know what I'll do if she doesn't know me. And he went, or rolled over, they rolled him over beside her in the wheelchairs, uh, and he leaned over and gave her a kiss on the cheek and says, I'm here, and I'm going to stay with you. We're not going to be apart anymore. Uh, and so there was this sense of reunion and reuniting. And so since her passing last week, dad has constantly been asking Will we recognize each other? Will we know each other? Will we have uh, that fellowship? And of course, I don't have uh, a complete picture of that, and none of us will uh, until we get there. But I believe with all of my heart that we will know those who are there. But an even greater joy than that will be that we will be in the presence of God. In John chapter 1, beginning uh, in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And it goes on talking about the pre-incarnate Christ. Philippians 2, 5 through, 7, through 11. Uh, Have this attitude then among yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who although existed in the form of God, regarded equality with God, not a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and came in the form of a man and as a bondservant. And uh, we have two pictures there of the pre-incarnate Christ who existed in heaven, who was a part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and he willingly came uh, in the form of a baby, Jesus, whom we celebrate at Christmas, and he grew and matured, grew in wisdom and stature, uh, in favor with God and man, and the scriptures give us the story of his adult life with his disciples and uh, a few vignettes from his childhood. But then in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, we see the ascension of Jesus. And it goes to the right hand of the Father. But verse 11 says, this same Jesus whom you saw lifted up will come back. And that brings us back to that passage in John 14. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Heaven is a place. And it's a place where Jesus Christ resides. And so the question is, is your name in the book of life? Daniel 12.1 says, if your name is in the book, you will be delivered. Revelation 20 verse 12 says, it refers to the names that are written in the book of life. Revelation 21.27, only the people whose names are in the book of, Lamb's book of life will enter into heaven. Romans 13, 8, the people whose name are, is not in the book will be cast out, will worship the beast. And so the question remains, uh, have you turned to Jesus? And have we turned uh, to trust in him as our Savior and our Lord? 
I don't know about you, but there have been a lot of things that have, have bothered me, a lot of things that have concerned me, uh, a lot of things that have confused me. Uh, this whole past 18, 17, 18 months during uh, COVID and the pandemic, and a lot of things that you hear on the news and you don't believe, a lot of things that you hear and you wonder how accurate it is, a lot of things that you hear and you say, that makes sense, I think I'll uh, you know, do what I can to, to further that message. Uh, but a lot of confusion out there, a lot of distrust out there. But friends, when we look at the scriptures, when we look at the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, uh, we see uh, the very hand of God at work in our midst. And we know that God is preparing us for a place for all eternity. Uh, I know that when I was being raised, and, and I give thanks every day, that I was reared and nurtured in a godly home and in a Christ-like home. My parents brought me up in church. My parents brought me up in the Word of God. My parents brought me up uh, in a strong faith, and uh, that was important to both my mom and my dad. My brother and I, I think I've shared with you, uh, when we were growing up, if we were going to have spend the night company or go, or go to someone's house, it had to be on Friday night. On Saturday night, we were going to be in our own home, and on Sunday morning, we were going to be in church together as a family, uh, and it was always the same pew, second from the row on the aisle to the right at First Baptist growing up, second from the back, uh, and it was always my dad on the aisle, my big brother next to him, me next to Keith, and then mom, and that's the way it was all of our child, even on up into high school, uh, we were together in church as a family and I believe that's something that God has called us to do for our families. As we think about heaven, as we reflect about our place of eternity, and as we think about how we live our lives here, we look forward to, as the book that I mentioned earlier, coming home. Home is a place where we know that we are loved and where we know that we are being provided for in all ways. So... I want us to think tonight, uh, and I would challenge you as we do so, to think about what God has called you to do in terms of your witness, in terms of your faithfulness, in terms of your obedience. Uh, how can we manifest the love of Christ to people around us uh, in a godly, Christ-like, uh, compassionate, loving way, but faithful to God's Word and faithful to what it teaches uh, without, as Jonathan said Sunday morning, uh, and I, I loved this, this statement that he said, we don't conform the Bible to our lives. We conform our lives to the Word of God. And as we think about heaven, as we reflect about that, uh, we understand Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost, to give life and to give it more abundantly. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So tonight, I urge you to make sure that you've turned to God, trusted in Christ, uh, come to him by faith, and then as we live our lives, uh, may we continue to be the witness uh, that he's called us to be. Uh, I see that, you know, we, we do have a small group tonight. Uh, I appreciate your faithfulness, and I pray that God's blessings will be with you. Uh, let's Remain together for fellowship afterwards if you'd like, uh, just to visit and talk a little bit. 
Uh, but I'd like you to close with a word of prayer uh, as we close this day together. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the wonderful privilege we have to be a part of your church, to know, Father, that we come to you by faith in Christ and by him alone. I pray, Father, that each of us would be drawn into your word, that we would study your word, we would reflect upon your word, we would meditate upon your word, so that your word might sink deep into our hearts and our minds and our lives and our very being, that we might be conformed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the opportunities we have each day to share your word and to share the name of Christ Jesus with those we meet. And I pray that as we encounter others around us who do not know you, who have not come to faith in you, that we would seek to share the faith that is so real for us and that you, through your Holy Spirit, would draw them into your presence. We believe, Father, that if Christ be lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. May we lift him up. May we do so with joy. May we do so with confidence. And may we do so by faith. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Thank you again for being here tonight. Uh, there are many in our midst that we want to continue to pray for, and I pray that God would bless you in the days to come.